Hey guys, this is Universa. I'm back with another episode of TV Hangouts. We're talking the last two episodes of Star Trek Picard. And thanks for joining us today. Uh, again, and we have returning guests from both episodes. First is uh, Sina Amasion. Sina, how are you? Doing well. Glad to be on the show. Cool, cool. And also here is Nathan Glenn McWherther. How are you, Nathan? I'm good. Good. Happy to be back. Awesome. How have your weeks in quarantine been? Um, very solitary. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Need a lot a of staring out the that. window. Need a hollow deck. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me just pause. Uh, still getting some feedback from your headset, Cena. Okay, cool. So yeah, um, thanks for joining me, guys. Um, so we're talking the last two episodes of Picard, which are at in Arg in Arcadia. There you go, part one and two. Interesting choice. I, I don't know what that title means. Does anyone have any go? Oh, it's so funny that you say that because I was just thinking, oh, I should have looked that up. <laughs> yeah, I should have. I should have as well. Yeah, I mean, it, like I think it just means like. I think it means I am in Arcadia, right? Because ego is I, Arcadia is yeah. be a place. Uh -huh. In is probably I'm in. So I think I think it's I'm in. But that's just like you know, third grade, whatever Latin level. So yeah. wouldn't wouldn't put too much stock in it. Okay, I think it. Mm -hmm. It also looks like it's a painting. I just googled it. Oh, okay. I was like, it's not not gonna... yeah, it's not the city of Arcadia. I would hope. <laughs> It's a good. It's a good city. Yeah, I like Arcadia for sure. <laughs> it just makes me think of Joan of Arcadia and just the oh, cheesiness yeah. of <laughs> things like that. I don't know. That was a what was that show about? I don't even remember. She was like hearing the voice of God or something. It was supposed. To, it was a spin on Joan of Arc. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So. Did she live in Arcadia? Yes. Yes. <laughs> very trivial modern problems. Yep. Oh yep. god, no, yep. no. But anyway, a better show. Um, so this one—it's the first two-parter of the show, which many Star Treks have. Um, so from the get-go, we see the world of Copalis. I believe I'm pronouncing it right. What are, what are like our impressions of this like world, which is a little different than what we've seen before in Next Generation? My, I mean, my first impression—I was kind of expecting after. Um, Mm -hmm. Soji's sort of like vision memory of it. I was expecting something that was going to be much more um, kind of chaotic. I mean, her looking up these like red moons and all that lightning and storm. And I think there was even a comment from somebody. Um, it might have been Riker, somebody else who was there on on Nepenthe. Somebody saying something about, you know, oh, it's it's you know, there's a lot of storms there that, you know, we're looking for a world with a lot of storms. But it was really beautiful and like very, you know, um, I mean, other than the desert and all of that. But it, it was, you know, kind of almost ideal temperature, it seemed in a lot of ways, not like um, I was kind of thinking something that would be very next generation yeah. in that like the first, you know, season one or season two, a lot of the worlds that they went to were very like constant storms. Um, that, that episode I'm blanking on the title, but when Jordy is stranded on the, the planet with the storms with that Romulan guy, um, I was kind of thinking it might be some sort of world like that, that they were kind of mm -hmm. hiding out in. So hmm. that surprised me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's better than some, uh, gangster planet, right? <laughs> yeah, I, think I, I think I'd agree on that one. I was basically like, uh, 
you know, I I do so. I guess it's a cross universe reference, but I was basically expecting Kamino from Star Wars. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like the painting and thunder. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was. I had to it dropped was, all that. Mhm. Cool, but yeah, I mean, it was it was interesting to see this uh, sort of Lovecraftian world. Um, mm. I don't know if that's. Yeah, I would I would kind of compare it to that. Um, but uh, what did we think of uh, Brett Spiner back um, playing another character, which is the son of uh, Doctor Sung, who's like more benevolent, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Is he? He's kind of okay with decimating like yeah. all organic life. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He kind of changes his mind towards. Uh, well, well, we'll get to that. We'll, yeah, we'll get to that, but I, I have like some comments on that one. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll wait for that. But yeah, what do you guys think? I mean, initially, or you know, it's it's always great to see uh, Brent back and and just kind of doing his thing. I was kind of hoping before the series ever started that. Um, Brent would be playing some version of like B4 that had become more data like, but had mm-hmm. decided, which seems very data, had decided yeah. to kind of look and grow old in mm-hmm. order to better understand what humans feel. Like I'd always thought that would be a great way for data to kind of progress is that. And and so obviously B4 living, uh, you know, data living vicariously through B4. I always thought that would be a fun thing to just kind of see Brent Spinner doing that and just being kind of an old version of data who, you know, tells Picard, well, it, you know, it seemed like the human thing to do to grow old with you. And uh, so it was cool seeing him, you know, at his actual age rather than under all this makeup to make him look like he's this young android again. Um, But it's also very it's very classic Star Trek and classic Next Generation for Brent to be playing another character, to be, playing, you know, something new that isn't just data again. So, you know, it's it's cool to kind of continue that tradition, Um, although it kind of threw me a little bit for a loop that there's this idea of, um Noonien Soon kind of having a, a son, like a, a biological son. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was something that was new for me. Yeah, because I would assume he would think of his creations as children, right? Yeah, and and he always kind of did, and and referred to you know Data or Lore or any of them as as sort of being um, his you know, being his son. So it, you know, even when um, this Dr. Soong kind of, you know, said, oh, I'm, I'm the son, you know, of Soong, you know, it's kind of yeah. like, well, we've seen, we've seen a couple of them, but I guess you're more the biological son. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if Cena has any sort of comments on kind of him having a biological son, but that was weird for me. Yeah, I was actually pretty surprised. And I was also just surprised that like the, just given the like what we know about Sung and like just kind of the relationship <laughs> to have them, it's, it's hard for me to imagine that his probably neglected biological son is like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna do exactly what my dad. Did. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and and I would just I would love to kind of hear because I mean you know uh, I I talked in the the last. Uh, the last episode that I was on, that I'm a big Michael Chabon fan, and I know that he's a big Star Trek fan. So I, you know, I trust a lot of sort of the the Trek knowledge that that Chabon has. But I would just love to kind of hear more about the backstory of Alton and and kind of you know what his relationship with his father was like. You know, kind yeah. of like you're saying, Cena, if at all. You know, <laughs> but like where where that path kind of brought him to. Yeah, it kind of gets a little screwed. Um, 
under under the rug all that uh, mm-hmm. story i kind of would appreciate that maybe there's some documents yeah in their, in their bible for the yeah, show yeah. who knows <laughs> we could have we sacrificed some raffi backstory early on to get some <laughs> uh, dr soon backstory yeah, yeah wait are you not a raffi fan then cena well it's just comment it's just it just feels like this is as a general comment like some yeah. of her storyline that was set up of like her problems with her family didn't go anywhere and didn't yeah. really give you much. Yeah. So yeah. the time is better used elsewhere, I think. Yeah, in the narrative, yeah, for sure. It didn't really go into too much. But, <clears> I mean, <throat> ultimately, Alton, he did survive, right? So, I mean, mm-hmm. it's possible he could come back for, you know, season two or something. Possibly, yeah. right? But Yeah. Definitely would have been better to get get a little bit more info or even a comment or two, you know, I mean, cause Picard didn't even seem, I don't know. I feel like somebody who has known data for so long, like, you know, any of us and, and has loved data that when you find out about, you know, this biological brother, basically that he has, like, I, I would just have so many questions. And it's, it's interesting to me that Picard didn't just kind of hit him with like more questions. Like, so wait, how does that work? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And yeah, part of me also wonders if if he was a clone, um, just because of how you know how much he looked alike, and obviously the Soongs have. There's a lot of, you know, everybody kind of looking similar and all of that. But that was something that I kind of thought, and you know, half wouldn't really put past. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, who knows in the next season? Um, like, what about the history of all the Sung androids? Just seeing like how the synthetics have grown. In previous uh, Star Trek uh, lore, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, it's it's really cool to kind of see such a a big population of these Soong androids. I mean, we don't, you know, from everything that we see, you know, they all seem to be fairly similar in in design to mm-hmm. uh, to Soji and to Dodge and and you know, so um, it you know, kind of makes sense that they, they all are, you know, Soong androids, uh, yeah. in that way. I don't, I don't know if it's, you know, if there are any sort of variations, some of them seemed a little bit more, um, um, some of them seem to be a little bit more emotional in the way that Soji did, um, where other ones seemed a little bit more, you know, kind of like data or, or even earlier, like some of the other types of androids that we've seen, you know, not yeah. having as much personality and emotion. Um, but it is cool to kind of see so many, of them and and I am kind of a fan of this whole gold aesthetic <laughs> that that they have. Yeah, it's very regal looking. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely agree on the point, right? It seemed very variable. Like some of them had like some emotions and some mm-hmm. to them, and the other ones were kind of just like you know, they're kind of just like the iRobot robots walking around, you know, just <laughs> mm-hmm. the iRobot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, do you remember that uh, that movie had like a had a converse commercial like commercial right in right in the middle of it yeah. it was right <laughs> at the beginning, actually what's that it was right at the beginning oh god do you, do you remember that nathan where it's like no uh, it's like will smith like picks picks uh this like converse oh yes yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> what a what a what a interesting movie <laughs> there's there's some really like i guess this is a little on topic because it's it's robotics and all that but there's some really great 
still moments in iRobot. Um, mm-hmm. It is cheesy. It is just kind of this like classic Will Smith. I'm not a big Will Smith fan in general. Um, okay. But there's there, one of my favorite lines in that is toward the end when one of the guys is the like villain is giving him a lecture and he uses the word blithely. And Will Smith just kind of looks around and goes, well, I don't know what blithely means, but I'm going <laughs> to get a coffee. You want a coffee? And I just <laughs> love that. line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's off topic. No, um, androids. Yeah. Um, and just, I don't know. It's interesting to see, like, they have this, like, whole society going mm-hmm. after they're pretty much banned from uh, existing by the Federation. Mm-hmm. And yeah. to recap the episode, like, uh, you know, they're visiting this planet and seeing all this uh, progress. And I don't know, Picard was the only one advocating for their survival. So, yeah, it was certainly, like, interesting playing off of that thread. Yeah. And I mean, I think that there there is kind of several things that are really cool kind of about um, sort of the society. I mean, this idea of them sort of being sort of tucked away, kind of being able to to continue the sort of almost utopia, um, but a utopia kind of in the, uh, you know, in in maybe almost a, a 1984 dystopia sort of feel Sutra kind of has a, a a vibe kind of beneath her, even when you first meet her, that that you just don't really kind of like I didn't at least didn't really kind of trust her from the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, could kind of feel that, you know, she may end up being, even though it didn't really pan out this way, but she may end up being the sister who was the destroyer. Um, yeah. you know, and uh but you know, there there are a couple of things that um that were really interesting. There are a couple of things I felt were sort of left to be desired. You know, I wanted to just kind of see more and hear more about these orchids and sort of how that played in. There's a lot of mention of, you know, the creator of Soji being really into orchids and um, they were very intentional in not showing his face in some of her flashbacks. So I assume that was, you know, supposed mm-hmm. to be Dr. Soong, but there wasn't a lot. And I don't know, I don't know if either of you know, I don't really remember any sort of orchid reference in Soong you know, kind of mythos in general that seemed new to me, unless I'm spacing on something. I I don't recall either. On our scene. No, that's uh, that's kind of a new thing. I don't I don't remember that from Next Generation. Yeah, I was trying to when they first referenced that he was like really into orchids. I was trying to think. I was like, I can't think of anybody who was into. It. Is that supposed to be like some hint and foreshadowing? And I'm supposed to figure it out, but. I don't know. Maybe there's a listener who's like, "You idiot! It's this." <laughs> Somewhere out there, fans. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I kind of wanted to see a little bit more of that, especially because they seem to be, you know, very um, organic. I don't know if they were more robotic and just kind of like Soji or Dodge or Sutra. They were just, you know, up, had, you know, something that looked like flesh, but they mm-hmm. definitely seemed, um, yeah, to be like that. But yeah. And um, towards the end, um, you know, full on spoilers here, uh, Picard and everyone else kind of gets in prison. Mm-hmm. We see uh, a real big heel turn from uh, from uh, Dodge. That was really surprising. Would you guys, uh, I don't know, I wasn't expecting that. Anyone? Um, yeah, I think, that I, that, I mean, Soji has always been a, a interesting character and in, in just kind of being somebody who has been sort of trapped and, and kind of caught in between two things. There's been a lot of times when she's, um, I mean, for lack of a better word, she's sort of acted a little 
irrational at times, which is kind of fun to see for for an android. You know, a lot of uh, her response to Picard at the beginning, you know, where where Dodge was very like, I need to find Picard. This is the right thing. And she kind of had like um, a path that she felt she was following. Yeah. I think that Soji, you know, kind of rejected Picard at the beginning and, and just kind of seemed um, I guess maybe maybe irrational isn't the right word. Maybe, you know, she was being cautious. She'd kind of been screwed over a couple of times at that mm-hmm. point. Um, but I think there definitely was as soon as she got to Capellius, there was something that kind of triggered inside of her. Her memory started to come back. She started to remember things. And I think that sense of unity with the other androids and with their, you know, as Rafi calls it, Synthville. Um, sort of, uh, you know, it kind of came up, it sparked up again inside of her. And and I think she, you know, kind of felt um, a kindredness to them all and and maybe felt a, uh, you know, a sense of belonging that perhaps she hadn't felt for a while. And, you know, ever since she was tearing up her room, you know, seeing that everything was only three and a half years old, she probably felt very distant, I imagine, from everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was an interesting character arc. I mean, you know, they really... I don't know. She's kind of uh, like the opposite of uh, Data in a way. Yeah. 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 yeah and that's what... in a lot of ways. <laughs> I think my, my, my thing with her is that like she just kind of like changes like the wind throughout the entire uh, throughout the entire series. Right. Like our initial characterization of, wow, she's so compassionate. She really cares about these like extremes. And she's like, yeah. goes from that to like, you know what? Like eradicating all life to save these people that I only recently remember. I'm in. Very, very uh, inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was, uh, yeah, I don't know. The kind of, I don't know, maybe they changed the storyline because, yeah, it it, it feels very abrupt. It was like a wrestling, you know, almost like in wrestling. But, um, yeah, just Soji with the chair was kind of how it felt, felt like, to be honest. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> with the chair yeah but um you know also the uh kind of the cliffhanger of um seeing kind of the uh lovecraftian cis the the ancient cis that was, i don't know that was such a cool visual where uh i mean for me at least it made up for some of the abruptness you you just mean kind of the 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 rift that's sort of yeah opening. yeah i thought i don't know i just enjoyed that as a visual yeah um and you know i the even when at the end of of the uh, uh, episode nine of part one, when they kind of showed the the little trailer and they showed that little snippet of the kind of portal opening and those tentacles coming out, the whole time um, I was it just reminded me of the of the control robot from Discovery season two. Hmm. Um, I don't know if either one of you have, I, have been following Discovery. I, I haven't, to be honest. Cena. No. Oh, there's there anyway. There's there's a big kind of plot line in season two that sort of follows basically that there is this uh, kind of AI that is sort of becoming awake and is beginning to kind of connect to some futuristic AI from you know several thousand years in the future. And there's a part where time rift kind of opens up. The spoilers for season two, mm-hmm. um, and and this thing, this like kind of squid-like um, machine, kind of comes from the future, from the distant future, and it has these tentacles that aren't exactly like those ones, but they they just reminded me enough of it that I'm wondering if that was you know just you know kind of coincidental or if there is some sort of purpose behind uh, this connection to this you know as uh, 
Dr. Soon called it this like synth federation and uh, this control AI that was coming from the future as well. I don't know. I mean, maybe. I mean, there could be some. I mean, they're the only two Star Trek shows on right now. There could be <laughs> some crossover. Yeah. Yeah. But um, anyway. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. And then also we're the with this cliffhanger, we're the cis over overreacting with the because I think I got some text messages from from Cena here saying that they were. <laughs> I mean, the clear answer, and from my point of view, is yes. Like, the, the reaction makes like zero sense, right? It's like, like, all right, we have an existential threat posed by the Romulans. It's like, all right, the the, the answer is obvious: wipe out all organic life in the galaxy. Yeah. I don't know about that. I don't know about that jump. That, yeah. Yeah, there there definitely is a little bit. Um, I mean, there's. I feel like there there's a a, a little bit more kind of explanation in there of them like kind of you know from the beginning sort of feeling like they're marginalized they're kind of pushed to the side they're being banned they've they've been um you know kind of uh, taken advantage of and not not treated well you know and and there's that whole explanation but best that i know a lot of these synths have been created on this planet didn't actually have to endure any of that sort of experience yeah. um you know best that i i can Tell, you know, they didn't really explain too much of that. You know, I can, I can get somebody who, um, you know, has heard stories that people don't like them and all of that. But these ones didn't seem to have experienced any of that to jump to the gun of, hey, we never experienced this pain and this, uh, uh, you know, and kind of this attack. Um, but then also we're going we haven't even met these people who are supposedly our attackers, but we're going to destroy them anyway because we've just heard the story or yeah. something. And maybe there's a maybe there's a step in between there that some of them had been. They had experienced that they were on, you know, at the uh, shipyards on Mars or, or, you know, kind of were in Federation space and they just didn't explain that. But, yeah, there definitely seems to be a, a bit of a jump there. Well, here, yeah. here's the thing, too, right, is that like in the universe of Star Trek. There's a lot of like just like species wide decimation of planets yeah. that's like mm -hmm. commonplace, right? Like Cardassians mm -hmm. did that all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Implication, right? And so did the Borg. Mm -hmm. And nobody nobody like I don't think you'd ever look at like the Bajorans, right? Where like the like super you know, they're like, you know, the arch enemy of like the Cardassians, right? Like the mm -hmm. the, the last and I don't think if you asked any of them, it's like, yeah, you could defeat the Cardassians, but you also wipe out all organic life. I don't think they would be like, yeah, it sounds like a good trade. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I, I As you were saying that, I was just thinking of all of Kira's just hate for Cardassians and all of that. But it, like, yeah, you know, in a heartbeat that if there were some like, hey, the prophets have created this thing that will destroy everyone except for Bajoran, she'd be like, no, I'm not going to. It doesn't matter how much I hate uh, Dukat or any of those guys like that's yeah. that's not what i'm gonna do so i guess that's the difference in in a synth thinking and a bajoran thinking maybe maybe <laughs> yeah it so doesn't seem very reasonable no <laughs> it doesn't seem very data <laughs> yeah not at all uh, so but, funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah going going on to the next uh, next episode which is part two um we also get another heel turn from Neric. Uh, did you guys trust him at first or not? Screw that guy. I felt like I was supposed to just sort of be okay with this heel turn. And it just never, like, there, was, there wasn't there was anything on screen that ever made me go, ha, 
there it is. He's not to be trusted right now. Like everything just pointed toward, we're going to trust him. He's on our side now. And I was like, it just feels wrong. It just feels like I like Narek a lot. I think he's a really cool villain. Um, I, I kind of, I like his little emo lover boy thing. Um, you know, mm-hmm. him turning his back as he's like trying to kill Soji with tears. And like, I don't know, I was, I was kind of into it. I was into the, you know, kind of, um, yeah, emo boy, you know, conflicted <laughs> thing. Yeah. Um, but it just, I don't know. It, it, it just, it felt a little off to me. Yeah. Some, something about it just didn't work. I, I did really enjoy the line where uh, his sister was like, oh, yeah, did you fuck the robot? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I killed one. Well, killed one. that's improvement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I have to agree. I, I like Narek, too. Um, I think my thing is that, like, Soji was basically, like, one, one like, movement away from just eradicating organic life so it's, yeah. like, it's a little hard for me to say that oh they were wrong for yeah because she turned real quick mm-hmm. yeah so i don't know was, and was, speaking of turn really really quick and and all of that um can we just talk about the fact that like for all of part one sutra is just kind of made to be like this is the leader of the whole thing and then within like five minutes on part two she's just knocked out and she's it's mm-hmm. not her anymore. They don't bring her up. They like zap her. She falls down and that's it. Like there isn't like yeah. I was expecting she, like, dead? is she going to get up? I don't know. Like I was like, is she going to get up? Is are we going to have like a second wave of, you know, they they pushed off the Romulans and, and then Sutra is going to wake up and something else is going to happen. Cause she's going to lead it. But it just it just didn't happen. It just seemed like so abrupt to just kind of, you know, bring back the whole twin two sisters, and especially with Narek talking about all these two demon things, and then one of them just gets knocked out so quickly, right? And, like, honestly, like, it brought up some, like, interest, like an interesting ethical question of, like, assume just, like, the god of, of the omnipotent god. <laughs> I, I, I was assuming so, yeah. You yeah, can just, like, you know, it's like you can just go and, like, just shut them off, just, like, that quickly, no problem. It's... yeah. The weird yeah. quandary, right? Of like, all right, yeah. these are people with right the right to live, but I'm like, Nunian, like, uh, not Nunian, Sung, Sung Sun can just like wield absolute unchecked control over them. Yeah, yeah, and 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 there isn't like there wasn't any sort of explanation about what that thing was. Cause like, the way you're talking, it sounds as if maybe it's like, uh, like data's on off switch. Like maybe, it, you know, he was just kind of turning her off or, or, you know, kind of destroying her right then. Or if it's like some sort of taser that was just shorting her out. Right. Um, but yeah, it was. And, and going back to one of the things, Gene, that you said at the beginning, mm-hmm. just about kind of um, Alton sort of being a, you know, just being okay with wiping out all organic life and all of that. Like he does definitely like his turning point in being like, no, this isn't okay. Isn't the fact of like, wait a minute, it's wrong to kill all life in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. It's more of like, wait, you manipulated and you <laughs> manipulate all of my children by killing one of my children. No, 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 That's too far. Like it felt like the turning point was like, Oh, you guys aren't the perfection. I thought you were. And you're like, yeah. Like you have the same like problems that and flaws regular people have. Well, might as well just status quo then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that's funny. Well, what we haven't really talked about is is the Borg cube being on this planet. We haven't yeah. really touched the Borg too much in Seven. Um, mm. This whole Seven Narissa fight, I thought was like great. It was just yeah. such a great little kind of. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those moments that happens in a lot of different things where there's like a one-on-one fight while there's a giant battle and like huge planet wide mm-hmm. things going on. But then also we're going to cut to this kind of one-on-one hand to hand combat. Um, but I was very much okay with it. Um, I thought it was a really cool, uh, kind of final little skirmish to, to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a, a really quick sort of ending for Nerissa as well kind of the, a couple of them in this episode of quick endings for people. <laughs> yeah. She just fell down a fucking chasm. Yep. <laughs> like there she went. Oh, um, yeah. It's like the star Wars universe. Her falling yeah. down the chasm is in the, uh, <laughs> well, if, if she, if she like stays dead, then you know the difference between star Wars and star Trek. <laughs> people that fall down. Stay alive. Kind of, Kind of hoping for an after credit scene of her hanging off of a uh, something in the middle of the sky, though. <laughs> Waiting for a ship to catch her. <laughs> um, but that shot there, there's like one really brief shot. And it isn't it isn't big or anything, but of of the ship of the board cube, like half submerged in water there against the beach. And I just feel it. I mean, we keep making a couple of Star Wars references and stuff, but some of the shots in the new trilogy of Star Wars of, you know, kind of death, uh, not death destroyers, star destroyers and different things kind of being, you know, sort of left in rubble on the sand. Um, this board cube kind of being, you know, almost on the beach in, in this water was, I think, a really cool shot and just kind of a, a cool sort of um, scene and, and sort of area that, you know, I kind of I kind of wish was something that. Um, came back. I really doubt that we kind of see this beach beached board cube again. Um, but it's you know it's just kind of kind of a cool idea that I think could have could have had a yeah. little bit more time. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe we'll see like more development on that because yeah, the, just having a board cube there certainly is not going to have a positive effect. This uh, we also see this uh, you know space battle in addition to that thing where it, you know it's all these plants but uh we also see a uh manu- we also see a variation of uh, i guess the picard maneuver mm. i don't know so it was really cool to see it was really cool to see a uh, picard in a ship piloting again mm-hmm. that was such a i don't know i say what you will about the show but that was such a great uh scene for me oh yeah yeah and and despite all of these little like plot holes or whatever i still love this show i think that i think this is is been such a fun ride i think it's been such a great um star trek series and and you know obviously we're just kind of you know nitpicking at little things here and there but i think mm-hmm. that there's so much about the show that that um you know was done so well and and has been such a great continuation of this character and and of of this universe um but yeah it seemed seeing picard back at the helm you know previously having been a helmsman um, is, you know, is really cool and, and kind of seeing him pilot. I love how La Sirena is, you know, kind of the small little ship. And mm-hmm. so seeing him kind of pilot this, you know, kind of small little fighter, you know, that isn't like a shuttle, but is like an actual ship, you know, mm-hmm. is, is really cool. Yeah, no, that, that was great because, yeah, I mean, the guy, I mean, all the little nuances that were, he doesn't quite know how to pilot it either. He's kind of figuring it out. <laughs> yeah. Really great line uh, exchange there kind of between Gerardi and him when she's like, 
are you are you ignoring me? Are you thinking? Are you giving you know dramatic pause? And he's like, no, I'm trying not to crash. <laughs> and she's like, okay, priorities. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was a great little bit of humor. But yeah. Um, also seeing uh, Riker again in a uh, Riker again in a uh, uniform. That you know. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. There were rumors online. I don't know if if either of you saw this. There were rumors online that it showed that. Um, um, Michael Dorn had signed one of the, you know, the something on the last day or for the last episode of like a farewell. Michael Dorn had signed on it. Uh, Michael Dorn mm. being Worf, and so yeah. there there are rumors and people thinking that that Worf was going to kind of swoop in at the end in the finale, being yeah. captain of like the Enterprise E or something like that. And so yeah. when everybody arrived, I was I was really hoping that that was going to be it. But Riker, of course, is is a great alternative as well. Yeah, um, kind of seeing him cleaned up a little bit and back in uniform is is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. I I would have liked to have seen some other cast members from their generation but no what we had was it was good it was yeah can't complain yeah yeah i was kind of still hoping even then that you know he would he would say something and be like you know wharf will you will you follow the romulans out or something like that and then you get a a, at least a little bit of it um but you know you you don't want to give away all of your cards uh in the first season you know oh for sure (laughs) yeah and then um also seen like starfleet which you know uh certainly hasn't Followed its ideals as much, but also just seeing them kind of, I don't know, return to their idealism and helping him out. That was uh, really appreciated. Mm-hmm. I think I think you have like uh, you have two opposing things there, right? It's like it's like Starfleet came to the rescue, but it was like, yeah, but they needed Riker to be the guy to be like mm-hmm. one to like get it, get the ball rolling, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A retired guy from the old guard was was the guy who you know. Mm-hmm. There is that, yeah. Picard's a great kind of speech there to Soji about, you know, like, uh, you've decided that you're going to destroy all of us, but we're here to give you the choice. We're here because we trust you. You know, that whole speech was just so Picard, was just so Star yeah. Trek. Um, and and I, I love this kind of, yeah, the, the speech was great, but I also love seeing um, they showed, you know, Riker uh, mm-hmm. while he's giving that speech and just the look in his eyes was just like, that's Picard again. So, you know, that's, oh, yeah. that's Captain Picard right there. He's still, and, he's still in awe of him. Yeah, he's still got it. And, you know, still holding true, you know, Cena, even as you're saying that, still holding true to these old ideals and stuff. And, the, and you know, what shouldn't be the old ideals, they should be the current ones, but, mm-hmm. you know, is the the classic idealism of, of the Federation. Yeah, no, I, I would completely agree with that little little moment. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. Um yeah, just um, I was glad, you know, she has like uh, a good resolution to that arc because I was like, uh, you know, for a second there, I was a little concerned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I, w- I was right there with Picard. I was I was knowing that she was going to turn it around. That you know, everything was gonna was gonna be okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be all right. Um, and also. Yeah, um, we got to see Data's death. That was, uh, I mean, his death where, you know, it's an actual scene. I mean, it's so rushed in uh, Star Trek Nemesis. Yeah. We keep having to revisit because of the show. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it was it was cool to kind of go back around to that. You and I had kind of talked last time about how there was uh, there was a lot of tragedy to Nemesis, not only in you know Data dying, but in kind of some of the way that things were treated. So it was cool to kind of be able to reset that a little bit and and mm-hmm. kind of you know in a way that doesn't really feel like it was retconned in any way, but oh, yeah. but it's just kind of revisited and given well, a proper closure. Yeah, well, it's literally like an uh, an open storyline where, like, yeah, there wasn't any resolution to it. Like, it's mm-hmm. just implied, but it wasn't, like, set in stone that mm-hmm. you to survive or anything, you know? Mm-hmm. It's what they chose to do with that storyline as a mm-hmm. standpoint. And knowing that all of these things, all of these uh, things, all of these synths would have had to, you know, been created from a single, you know, single uh, um positronic neuron and all of that you know that that had all of his memories and stuff there there had to have been you know obviously there was going to be some sort of stimulation or something that that had you know that had it all stored whether it was going to be inside of soji or dodge or sutra or somebody on there um or not and i guess like that's where picard was if he was in this sort of uh his body was being or his mind was being transferred right yeah, yeah, that's so it's such an interesting kind of progression for for the character that he is no longer organic. I mean, mm-hmm. depending on kind of your view of the sense and, and death, I mean, uh, technically, Picard died. Yeah. And we are now seeing a copy of him. Like, there's part of me, I, I watched the show, I don't know if either one of you do, um, but I watched the show Altered Carbon, and there was some of it that kind of had a bit of that, you know, kind of somebody passing from one um, in Altered Carbon, one sleeve to the next, but mm-hmm. there, you know, there, there's something about it that is, you know, I don't know, almost a question of, is this still Picard, or, I don't know, I, yeah. I, 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 I haven't really landed on how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely want to explore that more in the next season. I think my, my one of my confusions is that like I can't help but imagine I'm like, well, if Data were like if they bothered to like put him back into a physical body, I couldn't I couldn't help but feel like if Data were like the main guy on that planet, then like all the sense would have been like, yeah, we're obviously not going to wipe out since all right. the life. Yeah, yeah. So be like. I'm like, was there some like nefarious reason they didn't like just bring... put data back? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, yeah. was it like, all right, I'll have like my little army of like very like some type, some version of perfection androids, or like, I don't, mm. I'm kind of, I'm kind of interested to try to understand what was actually going on there because mm. yeah, it it could have been really cool to even see a um um. I don't know, to have explored that a little bit more and even kind of have uh, Dr. Soong maybe even have, you know, some decommissioned, quote unquote, or, or you know, not working, uh, you know, data, you know, before type Android where he had, you know, kind of attempted to bring him back. But there was something about data, you know, was just so complex that it was very difficult to kind mm-hmm. of move him into a new body. Um, yeah. Something like that would have been cool, you know, if he was like right there and uh, and just be like, I, I keep trying to bring him back, but it's, it's just not working. It's not clicking yet. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that, that could have been really cool. Yeah. And did, did we ever get any clarity of what Soji and Dodge's missions were? Uh, they it, it's so funny that you say that because they didn't really right like yeah i mean what's going on like what why did why did this all get set in motion to begin with yeah um i mean because there was some of it that they were 
they were supposed to what collect like information on mm-hmm. the Zatvash on the Romulans. I mean, yeah. there, there had to have been a reason, you know, that Soji was sent there to the uh, to the artifact, you know, to kind of be there amongst the Romulans. Yeah, but Dodge was just chilling on Earth. Yeah. <laughs> well, with with the intention of going to the Daystrom Institute. I think that her whole thing was kind of cut short. Um, I don't know why she wasn't, you know, Soji just seems to be, have been a little bit further advanced. I mean, she's called Dr. Asha and all of that. And Dodge is more of like, I'm going to go over there. You know, almost like they were like, well, we we got to wait three years, though, for this mission to kind of get there. Like, they were able to kind of build a bunch of credentials, you know, to, to back her up enough, but they couldn't get her into the daystrom mm-hmm. or something like that. But I don't know, you know. It would have been interesting to see, yeah. uh, you know, just more, as you're kind of saying, nefariousness from uh, Alton, you know, about mm-hmm. what, you know, he was really trying to do and kind of had him be full-fledged, you know, yeah. villain. Right. Does uh, Data have a soul, though? That is a little rambling here, but... Well, he's alive. Yeah. I think, yeah. I guess he went to heaven? I don't know. <laughs> have they ever shown the afterlife in Star Trek? Uh, I, f- I mean, the the first there the two thoughts that come to my mind, which neither one of them are, tech- are the afterlife, is the the Q continuum, um, okay. and yeah. you know, which is something that's existing outside of you know what we think of as existence, and then also the prophets in the wormhole, oh. um, also kind of are something that is existing outside of our experience of reality, but yeah. Yeah, no, nothing that I've I can think of that is actually progressing into you know of a spirit moving from one plane into well, I don't know that Cisco kind of does a, a kind of uh, sort of ascension almost right at mm-hmm. the end of DS Nine. Yeah, a little bit. But yeah, no, I was just, I don't know, I was just wondering out loud. But did we like did we like uh, just wrapping up our thoughts on this episode? Did we like the uh, uh, send off uh, for this first season? I did. I, I liked, I, I was really expecting this season, like so many other um, kind of current shows out there and, and even Discovery to end on some sort of cliffhanger. You know, both seasons of Discovery end on, on a cliffhanger. I know neither one of you are watching it, but they both end on some type of cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. Season one at least wrapped up the majority of things, but still ends on this cliffhanger. Um, but this one didn't. It just ended on a, you know, hey, to boldly go and we're just mm. going to go. Um, so I liked that. I thought yeah. that that was cool. Cena? Uh, um, I thought like the end, the, you know, the send off at the end was good. I think, I think for me, it's like, it was kind of an awkward situation where like Picard dies at like minute 40 or something like that. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, he's coming back. So all the, <laughs> grief, all the grief scenes were like, mm-hmm. they rang really hollow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that kind of made it challenging for me to, to like, this is just the honest truth here that made it challenging yeah. for me to, to enjoy kind of the rest of the episode and like really find any satisfaction in the ending yeah that's fair I, I do think I mean obviously um, Elnor and, and Rafi's sort of scene I mean both of these characters had such a closeness to Picard that I get what you mean sort of about there being some hollowness to it just because we as an audience know like you're not killing Picard one I know there already is yeah. a second season that's been renewed mm-hmm. too it's Picard you're not killing him right now yeah. um, but there 
I, I really liked the scene between Seven and Rios, um, mm-hmm. even though, you know, they're just their conversation, everything about that in, you know, kind of because they're grieving in a different way uh, in the moment, obviously, than than Eleanor and Rafi. But I did. I really liked those two characters and I really think that they're a really cool pairing, um, you know, kind of being almost two two sides of a coin in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I don't know, yeah, it was a really you know solid ending. I felt and they get to uh, live and fight and like fight another day for the Federation and kind of live up to their ideals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was, awesome. it was uh, you know wrapped it up well. Um, do we have any thoughts on the next season? Is there any adventures? Would you? Because uh, I'm assuming like they're kind of uh, a little bit of like Guardians of the Galaxy where they just kind of go mm-hmm. on adventures. I mean, personally, I'd like to see a little bit more of um, I'd like to see them kind of because this season sort of touched on two cliffhangers that we've kind of had from previous franchises that are not cliffhangers, but the threads um, kind of loose threads from Star Trek 09 with, hey, Mm. Romulus was destroyed and Nemesis with Data died and kind of took those two threads and kind of weaved this new season together. Um, But there are a couple of other loose threads that have, you know, kind of in the end of different things. Deep Space Nine with uh, kind of the Dominion War and everything, Mm -hmm. which, you know, has some like hints to that has changed the Federation at this time. But then also the, you know, Voyager and kind of everything that they did at the end of that series um, to, to the Borg and kind of seemingly or possibly wiping out all of the Borg. And in this, we don't really get an answer as to whether or not the entire Borg hive collective was destroyed or not. So I'd love to see season two kind of touch on those two things, what the state of the galaxy is post dominion and kind of seeing more of that dominion war, you know, kind of post dominion war and kind of what, what happened with the Borg. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. um, I think there's a lot of interesting threads to be said about the Borg and I know maybe this is just me speculating. Yeah. We could see a lot more to them as well. Just the fact that they could, you know, all these uh, people were given a second chance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it would be really cool to see a lot more about, yeah, kind of the XBs and their their kind of journeys and stuff. Yeah. The, the honest answer for me on my end is I think I'm a little, I'm a little like XB'd, androided out. I'd love to see what's going on <laughs> in the Empire. Okay. About what, what happened with what? What's going on in the Klingon Empire. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. I've always loved the like the weird like the relationship Picard has had with Worf, especially right of like mm-hmm. how intimately involved he was with like the like the succession and all the all the intricacies and intrigue of like the Klingon court, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's something I've always liked. That's probably like you know probably more idiosyncratic. Maybe other people mm-hmm. don't like that part of Next Generation as much, but I always thought it was really neat, and I kind of like to see. I kind of like to see Picard in a new setting, right? Like putting mm. aside the Romulan slash like Android angle and kind of just going in another direction for the next, the next season. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it's funny. Yeah. Cause as soon as I said, I'd love to see more Borg. I was just thinking about how many people I'm sure are kind of like over the Borg and are like, we've done the Borg a lot already. <laughs> Let's move on to something else. But it's funny. Cause I, I feel equally, I love Klingons, but I feel equally like we've done a lot of Klingons almost equal to the amount of Borg and all of like discovery season one is all about Klingons. Um, Mm -hmm. so since you're a big Klingon fan, I definitely seen, it would say go check out season one 
um, I think it kind of splits people on whether or not they feel that it's true Klingons and, and there's some controversy there, but I think it's still, it's still a fun, good time. Yeah. Yeah. And any returning cast members that we, that we didn't get to see here? I mean, maybe, uh, LaForge or War. I mean, we said Wharf before, but anyone like LaForge or even, um, I would really want to see, um, Beverly back. Yeah. See what happens. I, I couldn't live without seeing Beverly. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, there's some romance there. I would love to see Crusher come back. Absolutely. Um, I think I think it'd be great also to see Wesley come back. Uh, obviously, Will Wheaton's been doing the whole ready room and, yeah. and, you know, has stayed in all of that. But I think that there's some of his journey from TNG of him going off. Um, oh, yeah. That it was never resolved. It was never resolved. And <laughs> it would be really interesting to kind of see what happened to Wesley after. And that's definitely getting into new territory for you, Cena. Um, <laughs> also returning cast members. It'd be cool to see Q come back. Yeah. Yeah. Q, Can't Q really Q. knock that. They bring him back in a Star Trek comic in one of the from the Calvin timeline. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. But I was gonna say, uh, yeah, I don't know. Do I want to hear another "Damn it, Wesley"? Or shut up, Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe one more for good measure. Yeah. Is that, yeah, I mean, he was uh, he was an okay character, just kind of you know got a little too much at times. Yeah, but it would be really interesting to see like his progression as he has been. Um, you know, kind of in this, I don't know, this other, uh, again, an, somebody else who kind of moved on to another state of existence almost. Mm-hmm. So that'd be yeah. fun. And um, I don't know, I, I could think of only uh, Star Trek Rethicon, but any villains <laughs> that you'd want to see come back? <laughs> any specific people aside from? Yeah. Like- other than like friendly faces. Oh, I mean, again, Q. Oh, not okay. not your classic type of villain, but mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> definitely. I love. Yeah, I guess we get an appearance by if we get the Cardassians. What is it, Golma Set? Yeah, okay. yeah. It'd be a nice little callback. I'm trying to think of what, what was the name of the Romulan commander that they always had issues with. Oh my God! I was literally just watching. Uh, Tomahawk, or not Tomahawk, 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 right. Tomahawk, yeah, not Tomahawk, that's something yeah, else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tomahawk would be cool. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> and um, just last thoughts here, any uh, general, any general direction of the new show that you wanted to go in, like this was more, this was kind of on the uh, Federation ideals, which you wanted to go back to exploring, because literally the sky's the limit with them right now. Yeah, I think I think the whole, you know, kind of, as you called it, the Guardians of the Galaxy sort of thing, you know, there's there's <laughs> yeah, references and the jokes that this. Yeah, that this this crew is is a motley kind of crew. Um, and and I think a little bit more of, you know, uh, of that sort of just kind of traveling and, and just trying to do good and sort of a lawless galaxy, um, mm. you know, could could be really cool, especially again in kind of a post Dominion war or post a million galaxy and with the Federation going through some sort of existential midlife crisis or whatever they're, they're dealing with. Yeah. I think this is very specific, but I think I'd like to see Picard just settle it, settle back into being Captain Picard, you know, just really, Mm -hmm. 
really taking ownership and being decisive, um, you know, on the bridge. Um, yeah, because I, I don't know if he's really the captain of that ship, right? Yeah. And I think... I guess it's Rios. Yeah, but, you know, it's not... This is the Picard show. And, <laughs> yeah. And I don't think... I don't think being the like originator of the Picard maneuver plus being the captain of the flagship of the enter, you know, of the of Starfleet plus becoming an eventually becoming an admiral. I'm like, I don't think you just turn into a, a you know a glorified passenger at that point. After all, mm-hmm. that. yeah. He does give the final engage and in, in, uh, he does. yeah there at the end. So which is fair. But yeah. also, I, I just I just want I I just want. There's a certain element to to this series where I'm like, Picard kind of felt like he was out of, a little bit out of shape relative to how he was before. Not physically, but what I mean is like, you know, like I want Picard to return to form of like, mm-hmm. you know, the decisive, self-confident, you know, he, you know, the old Picard would have like, you know, he thinks, thinks laterally and he thinks, you know, a few steps ahead, right? Mm-hmm. I'd like to get back. Yeah, I'd like to for Picard to get back into his rhythm, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a great way, kind of even to to talk about it. You know, almost comparing it to being in shape, and you know, I think kind of sitting around drinking wine and, uh, yeah. you know, watching watching the breeze. You know, probably kind of got him a little a little out of sorts. You know, with mm-hmm. his uh, you know kind of usual rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. It's no, true. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. Any, any last thoughts before we wrap up, I guess? No, I don't have anything. I think we said a lot. Okay. Good. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, great, great first season. Um, I love yep. Michael Shaban. Uh, excited to see what happens next. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're rooting for this series, and I'll, I'll stick around for the next season. So, yeah, with that, um, thanks for joining me, guys. Where can uh, people find you at? Um, yeah, you can, you can follow, like I said last time, you could follow my Instagram, uh, Ray Brad Curry. I haven't done anything with it for a while, but it's easier to say that than my personal, uh, <laughs> my yeah. personal Instagram handle. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, it's a great place, but not much movement there in a while. Uh, so, you know, um, you know, you know, like I, you know, this just came up last episode. I'm not much of a social media user, but I would encourage everybody to to follow Gene of the Waffle Press. There's a lot of good, a lot of good content, and you know, Gene's always doing some interesting stuff. So I just encourage encourage you guys to to go there. Oh, thank you. Yeah, um, you know, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Gene nine eight nine two. You could follow the Waffle Press on Twitter at the Waffle Press on Instagram at the Waffle Press Podcast. Um, you could like, share, subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Thanks for listening and thanks for watching. We've been professionally unprofessional.